This is the Only in Miami show, hosted by Grant Stern. Tonight's show is underwritten by Morningside Mortgage Corporation. Morningside Mortgage Corporation keeps the Only in Miami show commercial free. You can find them online at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And actually, that's the topic of our show tonight. Uh, we are getting ready to launch www.onlyinmiami.co. That is the brand new website, Only in Miami. And we've got J.J. Colagrande here. He is going to be the managing editor of the initial Only in Miami news website. And he's going to be chatting with us on the air all night tonight, at least until he gets bored and wants to go home. <laughs> uh, we've got a great show. We've got J.J. on for the whole hour. Uh, you've probably seen his work. He blogs for Huffington Post. Uh, he's also written for the New Times. And he's got two novels out, Deco and Heads. And uh, then at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to speak with Pinnack News correspondent Taylor Hardy. Uh, we have some happy news and sad news to report at the same time. It's going to be Taylor's last only in Miami show appearance from Miami for some time, I think, because he is moving onward to take a broadcast television job in Indiana, and we're very proud of him. So Taylor will be on at the top of the 8 o'clock hour to discuss some of the issues that you've been reading about in photographyisnotacrime.com with our audience and discuss his, his new career move, and we're very, very happy to have him on the program. So this is the part of the show where I get a few minutes to speak directly with you, the audience, about something of importance that affects us in Miami citywide or beyond. And tonight I wanted to bring up the LED billboard tower proposed by developer Michael Simpkins to be placed on 10th Street in Park West, uh, just northwest of the American Airlines Arena and very close to the highway. It would be a 650-foot-tall LED billboard tower. And here to fill us in on the details about this tower is Peter Ehrlich. Peter, thank you for coming on the show. Grant, it's it's a pleasure to be a guest on your on the Only in Miami show. I'm turning the mic over to you. Tell our audience about the busy meeting schedule for the LED billboard super tower. Yes, that would be wonderful. Um, and my name's Peter Ehrlich. I'm with Scenic Miami, and we've been fighting illegal billboards, especially illegal LED billboards, for the last six or seven years. And that's just a fight we've been we've been raising for six or seven years in Miami. Um, Scenic America has been fighting illegal billboards throughout the United States. Uh, this week happens to be a huge week for our organization and our cause because there's a meeting tomorrow night, June 23rd, at the Planning, Zoning, and Appeals Board at City Hall in the city of Miami on the billboard, the LED billboard issue. And on the 25th, which is Thursday, the city commissioners 
are hearing three items pertaining to LED billboard towers. And on the 29th, which is Monday, the Southeast Overtown Park West CRA board, which consists of five city commissioners, they're going to be hearing an item which is specific to the item that Grant Stern was talking about, which is the 63-story LED billboard tower proposed for Northwest 10th Street and Park West. And we intend to be at every hearing, you know, fighting, you know, to, to eliminate the proposed LED billboard and eliminate future billboard towers. We, we're extremely opposed to visual pollution, and we hope um, other citizens will come to any of these hearings or contact us. We have a Facebook page and a website page, and we're, we're huge fans of the Only in Miami show and Grant Stern. Well, Peter, where can our audience find out more uh, online? Um, online, they can go to Facebook, and Scenic Miami has a Facebook page. It should come up quickly. And we also have some websites, scenicmiami.org and scenicmiamidade.org, where we have information, and we make it easy for people to contact elected officials. And Scenic, um, Scenic America and scenic.org, um, have some wonderful information on a national basis. Um, but, you know, we think tourists and residents come to South Florida for our scenic beauty. They come to go to the beaches or look at, you know, beautiful landscaping or some of our new iconic buildings. We don't think that tourists and residents move to South Florida to look at ugly billboards. Well, Peter, thank you very much for Grant, speaking on The Only thank you very much for the time. Look forward to hearing the rest of your show. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Bump the tweeters and the speakers, turn the baseline up. If you're dosing, what's your potion? It's swelling up your emotions. Roller coasting, dance promotion. She's ego tripping, you're boasting. Focus, 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 focus. Five and dime, you're cute, she's fine. You're halfway there with this video rhyme. You can fake it till you make it, like I wish I'm a star. Put your hands in the air, cause you know who you are.
Oh, welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And onlyinmiamishow.com will stick around. We've been talking about it on the program for only a year and a half now. It won't go away. We are going to keep publishing all of the podcasts directly into Only in Miami show. Uh, but we're not going to update the design. It's going to be our version one site will be out there for you guys to check out and to get contact information with us with our podcasts it'll be online for the show and we, we will keep updating it with our podcasts but on july 1st i'm proud to announce that we are going to launch only in miami.co and uh jj Grande is here with me to to speak about it jj thanks for coming on the program my pleasure hello hola konnichiwa bonjour to our multicultural community you want some more <laughs> you can keep going buongiorno principessa bienvenido bienvenido <laughs> it's okay will smith started with that you you had to leave it out oh lord yeah so uh so it's exciting i mean it's very exciting. We're taking the content from this show only in Miami, OIM. We're we're bringing it online to make it more of you know a news orientated website, similar to other news organizations that we have in our city. You know, with certain verticals. Right, and uh, that's that's kind of exciting. We got actually different domains for a lot of these verticals. So there's uh, domains like onlyinmiami.info, onlyinmiami.biz for our biz section, and. Uh, I mean, really what's exciting about it is just that there's no uh, daily news being written in Miami right now. I mean, it's very, very slim. It's like there is the, the Miami Herald, but they moved out of the city. Um, I think the Biz Journal is establishing a bureau here. And, uh, you know, everything is being written from out west or, up, you know, up in Broward. That's where all the news stations, they've all settled around the Dade County-Broward line. Right. Well, at this, exactly. And at the same time, Miami's... City corridor is emerging faster, quicker, and stronger than ever, and this is the pulsing heartbeat of of our of our metropolis. Is that area? Is you know Miami downtown where we are, you know, and and all the issues that 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 uh, are occurring with with this rapid development. And we just had Peter on 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 the show talking about the billboards and and the LED, you know, the illegal billboards going downtown. That, that's an issue right now, you know. And I wrote an article for Huffington Post about a year ago called Miami is not the next Las Vegas. And I think, you know, there's this contingent of outside investors in our community who parachute in here, you know, not from here, who have this idea of what Miami is going to be, you know, and a lot of, a lot of it, like the Genting group, not to call out anybody in particular. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, they 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 are just going incremental, which well, I think is the right way to go. Incremental is much more important when it comes to development than mega projects. Incremental mega as in project. like taking five years to take down the Miami Herald building because they That's they're a waiting for issue, man. I, gambling to become you know, legal in Tallahassee. No, 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 but, no. They, I, I think it did take them longer than they expected. The Miami Herald building was built to be a bomb shelter. It was not built to go away. <laughs> it was not built to go. I mean, when they say they do not build them like they used to, um, I mean, the Herald feels at home out in Southcom. Like, it certainly looked like a bomb um, shelter. South, Southcom is a bomb shelter, too. It is the category everything building you can have. Um, but you, you know, you after know, the storm, they will be, you know, comfortable in their pajamas, right? 
my, my bigger and broader point is that, you know, there is, you know, so much happening downtown and so many people, you know, that come visit Miami. I think there is about 10 million people that visit us annually each year as tourists, you know, and they don't they don't see Miami. They 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 land at MIA. They drive, you know, in a cab or an Uber to to South Beach, you know, maybe to the port of Miami. And they're the ones that these billboards are sort of designed to like lure in and. And those of us that live here, you know, we don't we don't want that. We don't need it. We don't we don't want to be the next Las Vegas. And we and we certainly don't want to be um, invented by outsiders. We want to we want to we want to grow from within. I have another article on the Huffington Post called "The Importance of Miami Being Earnest," which revolves around the thesis of us defining ourselves from within, culturally, you know, by locals for locals. A lot of us have been. Most of us have been here. Those of us who should define the city should have should be here should have been here for at least ten to fifteen years. If not, you're a carpetbagger, and <laughs> and you know you got to pay your dues, man. You got to understand. You got to stand like dirty Miami. Like you have become quite the Miami, my friend. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you because I I met you about. 10, 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. When I first came to Miami, I was ripping had a different like, attitude. the New York Knicks. I'm like going to heat games, like rooting <laughs> for John Starks and Ewing and fighting with heat fans. And this is like 1993, 1994, 1995. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Miami was a different place back then, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I moved out in 95 and back in 99. And I feel like my, my chapter in Miami, like my book has mostly been written since 1999, not when I was growing up here. And I don't think it's important to grow up here to become a Miamian. That's kind of part of the thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? yeah, I think that. Yeah. A lot of people show up here when they're like 13, 14, 15, you know, like come from some other country. Sure. Forget New York. Sure. I mean, some other continent, right? Of course. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it is a big difference. So speaking about the billboards in sure. particular, we have a caller. Caller, your name and city, please. Sure, my name is uh, Diana Pierre. I live in Pembroke Pines, and I'm the uh, the board member of an organization called the International Dark Sky Association, which has been fighting light pollution for over 25 years. Oh wow! So tell us a little bit about the organization. Uh, yeah, so we were founded in, in Arizona about roughly again about 25 years ago. Um, it was founded by astronomers, you know, because as you can imagine, um, in Arizona there's a big um, industry related, um, you know, that revolves around that. Um, but as the organization grew, you know, and, and more stakeholders came in, really the issue of light pollution is not just about not seeing the stars. Um, is, is, you know, there's health issues, there's ecological, environmental issues associated with it. Um, and so that's, you know, being in South Florida, this is uh, the primary reason why I'm extremely concerned about the, um, this potential tower that may go up. Because what it's going to do is kind of, kind of the complete opposite of what I'm hoping to do is to try to bring awareness to now, everybody in South Florida, including Miami, that we need to reduce. Um, the impacts of light pollution over our city. So for our audience, we're talking about the proposed Miami Innovation Tower LED structure. It'd be a 650-foot tall LED structure with approximately three acres of flashing LED billboards. Uh, it would be maybe a couple hundred feet away from Interstate 195. So as you're driving towards the American Airlines Arena, it would be on your right-hand side about a quarter mile before the exit. And 
I mean, we're talking about something that could be a hazard for, like, drivers. It is. But I mean, it really it's, is. Th- there's more implications, drivers, you're saying. Distracting um, is going to affect any residences that live nearby. This is, I mean, trying to imagine you're out there trying to enjoy the, the beautiful Miami skyline, and all that you're seeing, you know, is something that is going to be 24-7, 365 days a year. You're not going to be able to break from it. So... Where can our audience find out more about your organization? Sure. For, regarding our organization, they can go to um, our main website is darksky.org, uh, and that's the um, international organization. Um, locally, our, we have a chapter, the software chapter that I'm involved with, and that one is on Facebook. Um, they can just go to IDA, um, IDA Florida. IDA um, Florida. Yeah, IDA, which stands for International Dark Sky Association. Um, and what I wanted to also just point out is, you know, regard, you know, even if we people didn't care, you know, I'm particularly concerned about the ecological um, issues that this tower can bring. Um, we live in a, in a coastal corridor where there's, you know, thousands and thousands of birds that migrate through um, every, you know, twice a year. Um, and there's already many cities, including New York City itself, has already brought um, a program on board that is basically going to be reducing the lighting during migration season. Um, it's also in Chicago. The program is in Baltimore, in Boston, and several other cities. Um, and Miami is one of those places where <laughs> they should be having that. We shouldn't be having more uh, sources of light pollution like this delta, like this tower. Um, so I really hope, and you know, working with Peter, who you had just a moment ago, um, also on the radio from Scenic Miami, sure. um, and I just really can emphasize, just you know, overemphasize just how important it is for people um, in the Miami area to please get involved, attend this meeting, go to their scenicday.org website, um, try to contact your city commissioners, and really, they need to hear from you. You know. <laughs> Okay, I, I completely agree. And, and for those in our audience who want to get more involved, uh, check out scenicmiami.org. That's scenicmiami.org. Diana, thank you for your call. And we're going to take a really short break here. We'll be right back. This is the Only in <laughs> Miami show.
Show, hosted by Grant Stern. Tonight's show is underwritten by Morningside Mortgage Corporation. Morningside Mortgage Corporation keeps the Only in Miami show commercial free. You can find them online at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And starting July 1st on www.onlyinmiami.co, you can go check out our beta version right now. We're going to launch the official version on July 1st at www.onlyinmiami.co. We've got JJ Colagrande here, the only in Miami managing editor to discuss what's going on. JJ. I th think I was just given that position. <laughs> I well, like <laughs> I mean, you're the guy, the the guy that everybody wants to talk to about it, right? Very excited. A lot of content to put into this new website. A lot of uh, diversity, a lot to say, a lot to hear, a lot to explore, a lot, right. of, lot of issues. Um, and it's going to have all the podcasts from this show. We're going to cut out all the stuff that's the best of and put in some topical articles so it's a little bit easier to look through. We're going to have guest columns. We're going to have a diversity of writers. We're, we're very experimental in terms of how we can use the internet as a platform, you know, in terms of publishing. Uh, we're not looking for necessarily, uh, you know, a certain structure that's completely set in stone. We're going to be able to use sound. We're going to be able to, you know, video, video, multimedia, social media. Uh, guest DJs who perform and you know um, just local local impersonal is that the right word impersonarios personalities impresario impresario I just I happen to have my dictionary right here with me and I was looking that up at the time damn it <laughs> um, so yeah yeah it's pretty exciting I mean there's there's a it lot is of issues facing facing South Florida a lot of issues um, pick another one that's that's come up recently uh, because there's there's a big election happening in District Two and we on the program have committed to get every single candidate from District Two in here in the month of July for a virtual debate I don't know if you heard about this I have not heard about <laughs> this but I've heard whispers of it happening no it's it's it, it's, uh, it's confirmed we have uh, we have a few people are ready to go um, we you? already heard back from some candidates others we have to reach out to and speak with but uh, we're going to propose 10 questions to the nine candidates and then edit it all together so that anybody who wants to can listen to the one candidate's speech of course the 10 questions or you can listen to one question and hear what all nine of them have to say about it for two minutes, just two minutes. So, JJ, propose a question to our panel of nine District 2 Commission candidates. What are you going to do about homelessness in downtown Miami? That's a great question. A great question. You heard about the crap map, of course. In terms of pushing the homeless further to the west and north? No, no, no. I mean, the, 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 I call it the crap map incident. Like it's actually a hashtag too. Oh, it's terrible. man, I saw this, but I don't know the logistics. Um, so I do know my dog occasionally poops on homeless people when I walk them. <laughs> I don't think this has to do with it, but well, I mean, you live in the the heart of downtown Miami. Yes. So what's it, what's the homeless situation like in downtown Miami in the central core? 
like between it's south of north the uh, fifth street is like the border you know where the it's, college is it's and bad you know i mean i teach i teach at miami dade wolfson campus i've seen homeless people like bathing themselves naked in the bathroom i've seen homeless people stalking students coming to my class where i've had to call security i've seen homeless people using our microwaves to like heat their food i'm waiting behind line of homeless people um just so i can heat up my my lunch i live that sounds like my high school experience yeah i mean i i went to high school in downtown miami in the 90s and everybody in our school had a a different favorite homeless person and it was a different one (laughs) like nobody liked the same homeless person twice i Something like that. Catch a lot of crap for, for my opinion on, on this issue because I, I don't have a lot of empathy because I live down there, because I literally, literally, literally walk over them in the morning, afternoon, and night when I walk my dog, when I'm walking to work, when, when I'm going home. I see them at 8 in the morning, you know, drinking. I see them by 2 p.m. sprawled out across the sidewalk. I, I don't have the most compassion for them. And I might be wrong on this issue morally, but I pay a lot of money to live where I'm living. And I feel like, I mean, I know they have, you know, there's all sorts of issues that they have. It's a complicated issue, but. Well, let me let me bring up something that I found on Twitter. Um, It was posted by Aaron W. Gordon. All right. And Aaron is a partner in Schwartz Media. Okay, And it's just a stat. It's a photo. And it, it, it's something that looks like it's cut from the Miami Herald. Uh, but it basically says the homeless trust budget is $53 million. And the the number of homeless people is, has remained flat since 2009. So there's, the, there's a certain number of people that are sheltered, 3,100. And then there's about 1,000 that are unsheltered. I would say that, you know, the m- most common people don't, realize that each homeless person has you know an opportunity to a, to a bed and a meal every night they're, they're given the op- they they choose to, to to stay on the street and there is a homeless trust fund you know with a lot of money like you just said over 50 something million dollars or whatever is in it per year to, to house to house these people i i read a statistic i can't get it exactly but i think it's a cost about seven or eight hundred dollars per bed and per, per homeless person from that trust to house them for a month and as far as i i know that's 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 rent in most parts of our <laughs> of our community man so it's that, very that, expensive that's another issue but yeah. you know the the fact is that um we either house them or we have to pay for enforcement of the small crimes and misdemeanors right. it's uh, it, they're the aggravation offenses and some you're just not allowed to do period um because of the pottinger uh you know, the Pottinger, like, decision. It was a federal court decision uh, monitored by a judge for over 20 years. And and what it spurred is, as I was mentioning the crap map, it's a breach between the DDA, the Downtown Development Authority, who created a crap map. Um, I'm actually reading a tweet by David Smiley. He's a Miami Herald reporter. You can find him on Twitter at News by Smiley. And it just says, also on the agenda, more can't say it on the air talk between Miami and the homeless trust. Um, I just retweeted it so everybody can find it on my Twitter account if you want to. And it's a a very controversial thing because there's so much money there. And they're saying that that the DDA is arguing that the trust should provide temporary shelter for these thousand people. 
right? Right. And the trust is saying, no, we need to direct all of that money towards long-term rehabilitation. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about spending the money any which way, and it's all public money. What do you suggest we do to solve the problem, Mr. Proposed Commissioner? You're not running, but, you know, I mean, give give these poor folks some ideas before they take this job. <laughs> yeah, I'm not running. I, I don't know if I have a solution. I feel like it's a problem that needs fixing. You know, there there's I, I honestly don't have a solution. You know, other you There's know, no easy solution. You know, I'm not saying that you should. I don't have a permanent solution. What did you know? How did Giuliani clean up New York? Uh, you know, how did. You know, I know there's there's a lot of shelters. I know in Wynwood, you know, you you drive around Wynwood, and, and you know, I mean, it's an issue. Um, that's why it needs to be answered, and whoever has a good answer is people are going to pay attention. I know that my building, the board in my building, the residents in my building, this is w without a doubt the number one issue. And I live in a big building, the loft, the loft towers. There's over you know two thousand residents, um, and this is the biggest issue for for everybody in our building and at every board board member they sh send out you know emails to us about this particular issue and how we should speak up on it um to you know motivate the city commissioners to to do something about it i don't have an answer it's 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 layered in politics which is you know we're not politicians necessarily more reporters and commentaries. Comment <laughs> so are the commentary here is do something about it. Well, no, you know, <laughs> it, it, sometimes ideas, you know, come from these commentators, but oftentimes it takes somebody who's got the nuance and polish of local government experience or local government knowledge that's important to getting anything done as a commissioner, right? Right. I mean, it points out the difficulty of finding real-world so solutions to some of these problems. But when you think about it, a thousand people is a much more manageable number. <laughs> it it doesn't seem that's not that high of a number. You know, you're right. And and, it, and but concentrated in a certain you know eight block radius, it's it's pretty you know apocalyptic. Well, you know, it, to <laughs> me, it feels like an Obamacare moment. Like when Obamacare arrived, 75% of the country was insured and the rest wasn't. And he said, well, look, you know, nobody has the political will to pay for 100% coverage or make it a single payer event. But if we could just get, you know, go from 75 to 95, we'd be doing a, a world of good and make some important changes and make everything okay. So maybe the perfect is the enemy of the good here. So you feel like strives are being made? Well, it's like we're, we're at that point where it could be like wiped out if, you know, or not wiped out, the problem wiped out. But the the problem, you know, the, the homelessness problems that these people have managed effectively because that's all that is going to happen. <laughs> it's It's managed one way or another. Like in Utah, they just give homeless people housing because it's cheaper out there, of course. But they give them the housing because they're like, you know what? We're spending this much a year arresting, incarcerating, booking, processing, judging, acquitting, right. putting back on the streets. Right. And I think that's the same thing with the chronic homeless you have now. Like there's, I guess, a, you know, two classes of chronic homeless. There's those who are really, you know, addicted and, and down and out. And then there's those who are just helpless entirely. And it's a thousand people. It's a two and a half million person metropolis. Right. <laughs> a thousand people. Right. Like we should be able to manage manage that.
I mean, we have buildings that have a thousand people living them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So let's let's pick another topic that we're gonna pose to some of these district two commissioners. What about the um the Eiffel Tower of Miami, which is right, what you know Skyrise. The Skyrise, our big hairpin uh blockbuster um Epcot Center type tourist uh, tallest building in Miami that's coming our way. You know, is that a good thing or? Well, I guess there's there's no. (laughs) You're a funny guy. There's no stopping. Is that a good thing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's just put a large anatomically shaped building right in the middle of the bay. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, well, there, you can bungee jump apparently from from certain floors, and that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's supposed to be Epcot Center rides. That it's a tourist trap. It's turning. Ba- it could be good for Bayside. <laughs> you know, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> who who can come out and say that they're against that and run? You know what I mean? It's, it, you might get a populist vote, or you know, you, you obviously maybe. missed. Every other only in Miami yeah. show because I think everybody <laughs> is opposed to it except for the developer. Uh, you know, it's got a that, that problem has that, that problem has certain projects. That project has a lot of problems. The, the the least of which is that it doesn't make economic sense for that area. And giving them the land as we would be, it would be a multi multi hundred million dollar uh you know concession the land alone is probably worth two to three hundred million dollars you know that like if we gave it to a private developer and said build a condo and give us money it's happening though it's not gonna no no it's it's being challenged in court already is it oh yes well that's that that actually is a good point we we spoke about it on the show and uh, we didn't get to follow up on it just yet, but our friend Raquel Regalado actually did get through the court's challenge of her standing to fight the sky rise, and that's a big deal. Um, I'm just going to pull up the article here. I know they haven't broken ground yet, as far as oh no no no, they are long away from that. Uh, so she sued on February 5th. She came on the program not too long after that. Bayside Marketplace is asking a judge to let it join the legal defense in a suit trying to block county funding. Um, Bayside put in the request to join the suit just recently, according to Doug Hanks of the Herald. Good writer. Oh, yeah. Good guy. Wait, too. so you're saying Bayside Marketplace doesn't want it? Uh, they, they do don't want, want it. Funds? Uh, Raquel and Norman Brayman filed against both the city and the county. And the reason is, is that the the referendum described a privately funded observation tower. So she's basically saying that the referendum was invalid. Okay. Like there, there's an either or. Uh, the county and the city lawyers had sought to have the suit dismissed on the grounds that Regalado and Brayman don't have legal standing. Uh, but I think I think that all got uh, like that didn't work out for them. I I thought I I thought that she did have standing, so we'll we'll have to look that up when we go to break, huh? Yeah, let's look into it a little more. Yeah, and uh, and there is a web a Twitter account that I 
found, oh my gosh, the Herald has loud ads. <laughs> there is a, a Twitter account of note that I found, and, and it's pretty cool. It's at uh, Sky Lies Miami. At <laughs> Sky Lies Miami. So uh, I don't think that people are so excited about this whole sky rises. Maybe you think they are. I mean, unless you're really into bungee jumping. <laughs> Is, yeah, I mean, a lot of people I know are against it. A lot of locals in that area, a lot of a lot of business owners are against it. Um, yeah. All righty. <laughs> we'll take a real short break, and we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Mama always said we were royalty. She even said it's staring in the face of poverty. Is that insanity or vanity? I think it's nothing but the power of the mind. Believe she put it in me. Because I live on my dreams. I get my fantasies wings. One day I'm going to be king. I'm going to make that woman so proud of her son. I know you heard about change. It's going to come. One question. Will you be there? Will you be there? I'll be there with my hands held high in the air. Like a champion. Because I'm the man to win. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And we are launching onlyinmiami.co on July 1st. We've got J.J. Colagrande here, our founding managing editor, and uh, we're going to discuss the website a little bit. JJ, uh, take it away. You've got the verticals there. Let's talk about the different topics we're going to be covering. Right. So basically, our plan is to create original content um, based on a series of verticals. All verticals meaning, you know, types of like a newspaper has a sports section or a lifestyle section, a news section, um, a cultural section. <laughs> Why is Grant showing me a picture of Hunter Thompson? We want to go gonzo with this. Is that what you're That's saying? That's <laughs> we, it's gonna be a little You're, gonzo. Did, we did want... my did my iPad freak you out? <laughs> uh, Ralph, Ralph Steadman's drawings always freak me out. Um, <laughs> culture, you know, books, art, music, film, you know. Doctor Gonzo will be there. Doctor Gonzo will be there in spirit. Uh, new journalism, a type of uh, intelligent yet you know inclusive style of writing is sort of what we're kind of going for with voice not incredibly snarky or sarcastic uh, serious but also opinionated um, you know journalistic but also you know fun um, in terms of tone and you know we're just gonna basically you know the goal is to chronicle um, everyone and everything to be you know as broad and <laughs> well to, to chronicle universal topics in no for, well concerning miami concerning that, miami. that only happened in miami the people of miami the events of miami the news of miami opinions of miami you know our sporting you know events um teams you know things like that well, art culture 
Go on. And, and also, like, the, the news of Miami, the things that happen from our perspective, because perspective is important. You know, news that happens in South America that's written by somebody in New York is not going to have the same perspective of some, as somebody who lives in Miami who's got friends that are Venezuelan and Argentinian and hearing the, the, the firsthand uh, reports of what it's like there, meeting the people that have just arrived. I mean, it's not the same as living far, far away. So sometimes perspective is very important. Sometimes it's good to have a far off perspective. But in this case, we're going to be covering things like national news, international news, because this is Miami. That's part of our territory. We're, we're a meeting place. We're a gateway city. That's excellent point. So, I mean, just, just to go over some of the verticals, the main verticals are news, culture, sports, people, events, and, of course, the radio. And we will be launching the app and the, the browser-based version of OnlyMiamiRadio.com at the same time. So, again, very excited to, to be able to put the radio and the news website all together in one and offer a pretty comprehensive product in the beginning. You'll be able to hear the podcasts of the Only in Miami show uh, 24 seven, <laughs> but we are going to integrate uh, new live broadcasts and new podcasts in as quickly as possible. We have a few people we've spoken to who are very, very interested. I'm not going to name names. Some of them are past guests though. And, uh, that should be very exciting. And, um, I mean, what, what else do you want to add about your vision for only in Miami.co? Well, I see, you know, room to, create types of content that is original you know um for example like a like a he said she said type of column where you have two or pro con we can call it you know just yeah yeah opposing viewpoints however you want to see it even if it's by the same person whereas for, for example i could write I love writing this. Most most of my most of my columns basically boil down to point counterpoint pro con kind of thing. So we're gonna have like an evil JJ on one side of the the the, the article, you know, expressing you know his, his certain viewpoint on a certain issue or person or event, and then we're gonna have angelic JJ, um, you know, on the <laughs> on the other side. You know, I'll look more you know dapper. I'll put on you know my glasses and 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 my suit, and the other one I'll I'll wear like you know a, a flamingo, and I'll look look, I'll look more crunk or whatever. Things like that, you know. Uh, I do see emerging voices coming in. I do see room for creative writing in terms of which, to me, you know, is is there's a lot of truth in creative writing, and there isn't a lot of uh, mainstream outlet media outlet for for creative writing. Not, and I mean, what I mean by that is like you know, fiction, short fiction, flash fiction, um, poetry, you know, things like that. And we can use. You know, podcasts and the actual, you know, uh, this is partnering with, you know, organizations, you know, I, I can see us doing that, like the Miami Book Fair, like Miami International Film Festival, like all of the event, like the Knight Foundation, most of the most of the organizations that they run, which constitute a big part of our culture, um, partnering with them. And, and just just a slow, evolving, you know, new, fun media platform for our city and hopefully we can grow it engage people you know and and continue to, to push boundaries ask questions um you know explore the edge of of what's of of, of what's acceptable and not really yeah and and also just to, to say from a how it's done perspective uh, we're going to push the boundaries and and blur the lines between new me you know the the old media is very fixated on 
the written word, but we're going to try and include people who are podcasters, who are video bloggers, and who are, uh, you know, just arranging social media situations, as I like to call it, uh, know, using Storify. There are so many strong, smart, well-educated writers in this city, and journalists in particular, and I would never... Oh, like... I mean, journalists, that's a whole other thing, but I'm saying like communi community participation, Right. The, the more accessible you make it, um, the, the more you'll get, and we're going to definitely, you know, aim to increase accessibility so that people can submit and you know have their voice heard absolutely and grant touched on something real quick about you know old media versus new media and and this isn't to knock the miami herald too hard but you know they had a a, a long time to transition from from print journalism into into a digital era and, and and i don't know if they necessarily did it as you know well as they can i, I would i would i will say definitively that they did not do that uh, I, I will give them credit they're starting to you know get, get their it. act together now yeah. that they've moved i mean i feel like they spent five years thinking more about where they moving than where is life moving and that's just that that's what happens that's institutional priorities for you i mean you it's a huge move for them to leave where they were like i said they they built that building to be permanent <laughs> you know let me make this point because miami sure. miami sometimes you know and people who live here know this, and this I don't want to say that we operate on necessarily Cuban time because it it really, but it's, it's something like that, you know. And things, you know, and especially people who are from up north can understand this, you know, how slow things happen in Miami, how how you have to ask, you know, not once, not twice, but three times to get something done, not just a follow up, but a refollow up just to get something done. Things move incredibly slow. You mean manana time? Manana, is that what is that what we calling it? Manana you know, time. Deadlines, you know, deadlines are often manana you know pushed back you know when it comes to the construction of things unless it's like a strip club or something they go up really quickly um but but um you know you're right about that actually i never noticed that before or a taco bell like, do you know how you get taco fast the club 11 went up when you remember club 11 used to be um um a gold rush and then I, I literally i think they took them like two weeks to build that thing like that you don't you don't see a fish those owners are from philadelphia you don't see that type of efficiency and speed in miami usually not at all down here everything airy it's that caribbean sloan and what I, this is the point i want to make is that what we want to do with oim is literally just you know drop like methamphetamine into that process and speed things up and kind of produce a lot of content quickly to get this thing going um and then kind of grow 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 like quick 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 you know we're on a, we're on another another wavelength i think we come from a generation people like me and grant you know, where have grown up, come of age, you know, in this digital age and, and we, we get it, you know, in, in terms of like how, how to use this social media and how to make things trend and how to make things, you know, go fast, 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 you know, and how to incorporate multimedia, video, sound, things like that. Other voices, creati creativity. It's just a all new way of thinking. And that's what we want to do with this thing. Sound I agree. Good? Yeah, 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 it's not a bad idea. Do you concur? I should have concurred. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea at all. It's not a bad idea at all. So, um, I mean, we got five minutes left. You know, give me your parting thoughts for for the program, because you know you'll be back on the Only in Miami show. In fact, uh, we haven't talked about it a lot, but we are planning a reformatting uh, after July. July, we're going to take most of the month and try and dedicate it to these political candidates for District Two, because it's a uh, just a, a huge, huge race, and there's nine people in it. But um, 
you know, we're going to bring you back on the program a little bit more too. So yeah, anything you're thinking Grant's about bringing gonna, to the oh, airwaves, Mr. Coolagrande? As Grant begins to focus on the political season and as we enter the dog days of summer with sports, you know, there, I'm going to come in and fill the void uh, with this only in Miami, um, you know, brand that we're going to launch online. And as far as what, you know, I plan to do is, you know, is, make it as cultural and funny as possible. You know, I'm going to leave the politics to you. I'm going to leave the real estate to you. And, and, and I'll come in, you know, with a little bit of, you know, more culture than anything. That's my specialty. That's how I, that's where I'm coming from. That's what I'm good at. You know, you know, make you laugh if we can. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what's on the rack this week? Because we do have some stories that have been posted. This week? Well, we got Ballers, the new TV show that HBO dropped um, last night, That I, um, which is a good segue because we're getting ready to talk about sports for a little bit. Um, right? So HBO dropped it. I don't know if anybody saw it last night. It came on after True Detective. Um, it's, you know, the new show, HBO's new comedy. It's supposed to be like Entourage is what a lot of critics are comparing it to. Um I saw it, you know, I watched it, wrote about it. Um, and I, you know, my commentary was, you know, it's, it's starring Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. There were a lot of good things I liked about it, right? I liked Dwayne Johnson, you know, he went to the U, you know, it's filmed in Miami, you know, there's a lot of like Miami, um, you know, that's a lot of, there's a lot of Miami love. It's set in Miami, obviously. Um, but I, you cannot cram more Miami cliches into a 30 minute show than what I saw in last night's like, <laughs> like, um, pilot episode in terms, you know, I, I mean, I really don't know another cliche they could have named name three cliches from a 30 minute episode. <laughs> oh man. Just, you know, Miami is South beach, you know, a hundred thousand dollar cars. Everybody's got them. That whole glitzy glam. Um, you know, that's they, two out of three, two out of three to, lightning they, round. They went to story. Oh, I think, you know, sex off or strippers, uh, 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 cocaine off of strippers asked kind of thing. <laughs> they did you that know, I, you know there in was the first lot, episode there was a lot of sex i'm not sure i think they were just groupies necessarily not necessarily strippers um, but they did the the yayo there was the, uh, no honestly no they didn't no you need to watch the show though no no, but, no what's the third one because i'm gonna watch it later i you know oh. i'm gonna i watch things later okay <laughs> i'm a later watcher and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that the, no the, the cliches are just that miami is you know super touristy and everybody's everybody's rich and everybody you know makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and drives fast cars and bangs out like hot model girls and uh is chasing success and fame and celebrity and everybody's hanging out at story on south beach uh yeah that's it like everything was 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 that that outside view of miami that all we are is uh South Beach, sort of, you know, and that's oh, the that, rich, like the fame, reality glamour. show with uh, Carlos Hustia, the the real estate one. What, what was that one? Any show that plays up the fact that you know everybody here is rich and famous and celebrity and, and drives a hundred thousand dollar car and goes to all these like fancy schmancy places on South Beach, it's just not real. You know, that's what you know. Everybody in my, you know, you know, ninety ninety percent of. Miami, you know, is, is, is in poverty. You know, I, you know, I will give respect to the Anthony Bourdain show that came to Miami not too long ago because and they, and they went out and, and looked for the real Miami. They didn't really, you know, they shot in Opalaka. They shot in uh, West Kendall. They shot in Doral. They shot in uh, Little Havana. Right. You know, to give them credit, you know, he hung out with Iggy Pop. I'm talking about Anthony Bourdain. 
Um, you know, was I think he did a little bit on South Beach, but um, you know, this this show Ballers, you know, it, it had none of that. But 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 you know, it's called Ballers. I don't want to be a hater. You know, it's sort of something you. You're a player hater. Play. I just I just crush a lot. Alrighty, well, we'll be right back at the 8 o'clock hour. This is the Only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, hosted by Grant Stern. Tonight's show is underwritten by Morningside Mortgage Corporation. Morningside Mortgage Corporation keeps the Only in Miami show commercial free. You can find them online at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiamishow.com. And as we said, on July 1st, we're launching onlyinmiami.co. That's right, onlyinmiami.co. Brand new news website. It is going to cover everything in Miami. And before we do that, we're going to speak with Taylor Hardy. Taylor, you on the show? I'm here, Grant. Thanks for having me. Taylor, thank you for calling in tonight. Taylor's calling in. This is his last assignment for Pinac News before he moves away. Thanks for, for coming on the radio with us. Thanks for having me again. So, Taylor, tell our audience a little bit about your history briefly with Pinac, because you've been with Pinac for a while now. Uh, I've been with Pinac for... Uh... God, I think it was three or four years now, um, and uh, I've been working with uh, Carlos Miller and everyone else who's joining the team, and uh, this all started when Carlos was arrested for uh, doing his job by the Miami-Dade PIO, Nancy, per- Nancy Perez, um, but uh, I made my impact or splash in the, in this uh, on this team where uh, I was screamed at by a irate captain from the Miami Day Fire Department. Um, his name was Captain Smart, who apparently was not so smart. Um, so that's what I started my my uh, flash in the industry. And then from there, it went on to uh, the what, what we call the Boston Boondoggle, um, where Boston PD wanted to uh, try to charge me with a crime of wiretapping. Um, when I called to speak to a public official doing her official public duty. Yeah, um, I, I actually wrote about that in Huffington Post. The article is uh, hashtag free Carlos Miller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the end, they, they ended up trying to trying to charge Carlos Miller with witness contamination when he was only reporting a story um, on something they, they started. Uh, so, Yeah, it, but, it was a pretty surreal experience to find out that a police agency from six states or ten states away could report you and and basically summons you for a felony for putting their phone number onto a website that's publicly available already, <laughs> like their public main contact number. <laughs> and that's why when we, we hired a lawyer, um, it, was, it was 
quickly to drop um, because they wanted us to, in essence, fly to Boston to face a magistrate for these charges. It was really outrageous. That That is really outrageous. So what's your new assignment going to be? You're moving off to Indiana. Tell us a little bit about it. I'm moving off to Indiana to work as a uh, photographer for a news station um, where I've been pursuing this career for the past year, uh, year and a half, uh, ever since I graduated from broadcasting school. So I'll be working in uh, in Indiana full-time as a photographer or a photojournalist, uh, what you what you can call it, uh, covering, you know, the news, the, the news beat, um, the boring life, the, the mainstream media, what we call it. So. Oh, it's not always boring. <laughs> <laughs> they do get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so l- let's talk about some of the issues that you've covered recently for Pinnacle. Um, and I know you've spent a lot of time in Miami Gardens. Can can we talk about Miami Gardens for a few minutes? Miami Gardens was a was a very interesting story. Um, Miami Gardens they they arrested uh, a gentleman a hundred and fifty plus times for trespassing at his own work. Okay, so yeah. so he gets arrested a hundred and fifty times at his own job for trespassing. What did he do for a living? He worked at, as a store clerk for a local convenience store. Um, so imagine going to work every day and being arrested almost every day for doing your job. In so, so why are the police arresting this guy all the time? This doesn't sound like it makes much sense. Well, Grant, it makes no sense whatsoever. But what it comes down to politics and numbers. The way the city operates and every city operates is numbers. So they have to generate these numbers in order to make themselves look good to get more government funding and more money for policing, pretty much. Okay, so it's st- statistically based policing. <laughs> yes, and, and, and... The Giuliani method, say, the broken windows uh, policy. Correct. I mean, even though they may say it doesn't exist, it exists. Like, quotas apparently don't exist. Quotas exist. It's not called a quota. Maybe a, 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 a standard they have to reach. It's not called a quota, but there are quotas in Florida, which is illegal. Yeah, it is illegal, and and they've caught. I think the city of Miami was caught uh, issuing quotas recently, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. But they don't they don't call them quota. They're called I forget right now what they're what they're called. The word they they use, uh, but they try to twist up the words a bit uh, to make it not be a quota, but it's a quota. So FHP, for instance, if you don't write a number of tickets. You can be reprimanded, reprimanded for not meeting meeting your, your standards or, or performance evaluation. Um, so that's the way they get you and make you write more tickets and and kind of skirt the law in essence. Okay, so so in other words, they just uh, you know there's no quota, but if you're a police officer and you don't write enough tickets, well, you're going to get fired. Pretty much, and it, it, there have been cases where uh, a trooper recently uh, sued FHP. Uh, because they fired him for that, and and there was a news story. I'll uh, get the link later on, but there was a news story referencing that, and so that's when people look closely at their performance standards, is what they're called, and they realize it's actually a quota. Right, performance standard quota, mm-hmm. uh, evaluation basis. <laughs> you can tomato, you can call it anything. Tomato. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a quota. You're right. So, so where does where are you leaving off with Miami Gardens? Because you're going to be 
gone up north uh, in a week or so? Yeah. Uh, we're still requesting records from Miami Gardens. Um, they're, they're, they're still investigating that, that Miami Gardens incident, but uh, Miami Gardens is an area of uh, unincorporated Miami-Dade where it has grown to gang violence, and, and, and I guess the police, in their defense, are trying to combat this violence. I wouldn't want to say with violence, but they're going about it the wrong way. And what I've noticed is that the agencies now are bringing in a lot of what they call lateral transfers or officers from other states. So they're not used to this community and how the community operates. So they, they come here with this gung-ho mentality and try to try to bully their way around, bully their way around and it's not going to happen. It's not going to work in Miami. That's not how we operate here in Miami. Well, we don't like to be bullied and intimidated. That, that's an interesting point, that, that there's this issue of uh, lateral transfer where they're just mm -hmm. kind of bringing in a lot of officers. I mean, at what point does an agency lose its roots in the community when it's bringing in too many officers from outside, which is a natural problem to to grapple with in South Florida because there are always so many people coming and going in general. Correct. Definitely, definitely. And, and as you know, South Florida, uh, we're one of the, the biggest tourist attractions uh, in the country. So everyone, and in, in, in the, whole, the, whole, the whole world, I would say, uh, I, work, uh, I worked on South Beach and, you know, everyone from India to Africa to uh, states I never heard of, they could come to Miami just to get away, and they want to see the sights and, and the sun and the beach. So, um, this, it's, it's, it's this people who are inexperienced in the streets and how we operate here in Miami and, and the way we operate. Because we are a different culture here in Miami. I, I wouldn't say different culture, but we operate a little bit differently than everyone else in the rest of the uh, 49 states. Yeah, yeah. It, it, things are different here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, Taylor, where can our audience find you, say, on uh, – your Instagram is public, right? My Instagram is private. Uh, private, You can okay. go request me at I am the camera guy. I am the, T-H-E, camera guy. Uh, same on Twitter. Um, and Facebook is my name, Taylor Hardy. All righty. Well, Taylor, we wish you the best of luck on your new assignment. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show today, Grant. We'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. Ready to rock. Ready to roll. Bring it up live. JJ Colagrande here. 880 The Biz with Grant Stern and the Only in Miami show. 18 hour. So what are we talking about? What do you want to talk about, Grant? I got two things on my mind, sort of. Uh, I got um, um, I want to talk a little sports, maybe. Um, okay. Before we can officially put the NBA season, you know, to, to bed, the 2015 NBA season to bed. Well, the, the second for, season's over. The sec- well, meaning what the the, the playoffs the, and the finals. The, right. So now, now it's time for the third season. The summer league, the draft, <laughs> the, the draft, the pre-draft, and the, the free agency. Pre- okay. Okay. I mean, those are two big issues, right? They are. They are. Can we rewind a little bit, though? I want to talk the NBA Finals a little. Only, only because I, you know, I, I, I feel that there was so much hatred generated in Miami for LeBron James. Like it was sort of the consensus viewpoint for for Miamians, not you know, to, to root against LeBron James. And it seemed like only people, if people were rooting for LeBron James, they were doing so in secret. In some ways, they, uh, maybe I didn't really run into anybody that was doing that. <laughs> that I, I, I didn't. I wrote an article called um, "Miami Heat Fans Should Root for LeBron James," that trended pretty hard in, in Huffington Post, and um, there are there are there were a lot of people that responded to my article that were rooting for the mature, you know, I mean, which is the mature viewpoint on on the whole NBA Finals was as a Miami Heat fan was to root for LeBron James um, out of just gratitude for what he gave us in his four years here and you know and also out of how amazing he was with what little talent he did I you know I started off not rooting for LeBron James in the, in the Boston Celtics series you know I was um, absolutely you know they were knocking LeBron James around they knocked Kevin Kevin Love out I, you know I thought for sure all right Kevin Love's gone there's no way the Cavs are going anywhere um, you know, good. Uh, at the point, I, I think I was rooting for the Bulls since the Heat weren't in it. Um, so you legitimately thought that Cleveland had a chance from the beginning? From the be- well, no, I didn't. Like I thought they were getting knocked around pretty hard by the by the Celtics. You know, and when Kevin, I, I, I didn't think that they had a shot. It, but they yeah. just won a war of attrition. I mean, LeBron is really good at that. Right, and then, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, he is, man. I got to give him mad props. I yeah. I didn't respect or root for LeBron. I I was rooting for LeBron James in the NBA Finals, and it was because he earned my respect. And it wasn't until the, the Atlanta Hawks series, you know, even you know, even even in the you know the Bulls, and we're just, you know the reason why Cleveland even got to the Eastern Conference Finals was because Paul Gasol got injured, you know, when they were down to Sure, and that was it. Right? Yeah. You know, but there was some there was still a clutch shot that LeBron did, you know, in that the corner buzzer beater that that, you know, started that was the moment where my eyes my started to perk up because it brought me back to some of the things that, you know, he did with us for the Heat, but I was still absolutely 100% rooting for for the Bull, for the for the Bulls against the Cavs. Um I think we have a caller. Oh, you didn't say that. Do we have a caller? Oh yeah, he's on there. Oh, who's who is this? Is he, oh, he's on there right now. Who's this? Caller, where are you at? What's your name? Caller. <laughs> <laughs> Shot baller. Speak up. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's the drastic fanatic. Oh snap! <laughs> I heard him stalking patiently in the background, praying to. So, what do you think about LeBron there, uh, Mister Fanatic? Well, you know. 
proud New York Knicks fan here, right? So yeah, um, <laughs> we we understand. Yeah, we got it. Right. It afflicts some people. We get it. So I went through the roller coaster kind of with you guys too, as far as rooting for him, against him, and you know, back again. I mean, from a basketball perspective, if you couldn't just have outright respect for what that guy did with all that weight on his shoulders, man. Mm. I mean, you're just you're just kidding yourself. I'm sorry. He Kobe'd it up. Oh, uh, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he Kobe'd it up. He did what he had to do. That's Kobe all he could do. You know, he, yeah. had, he had no help, bro. I mean, he did what he can do. He, he had, had a hell very, of a, very, very he had a hell of a series. He had no doubt. J.R. Smith. <laughs> exactly. J.R. Smith. Exactly. The he, turnover he, king. He took the Knicks garbage. The Knicks trash. And he remolded it into a into a finals team that won actually two games out of yeah. pure will and just determination. Yeah, exactly. But what but does yeah, that prove? He doesn't have a championship. Man. I don't get it, man. You love the guy. You think you you feel you're that scorned by him? It's, it's not about scorned. It's that I feel he's turned to the dark side. Well, dark side. You went the home. dark side. You know, he went to the Knicks. He went. He went back to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, he went back to Cleveland, and <laughs> and in the process, he became like Carmelo Anthony with a green light. He was shooting 40% in those finals. He had no choice. He 40%. Had no choice. Did you see what the rest of the team shot when he wasn't on the court? Did you see that stat? Oh, it was ugly. They didn't hit Oak a shot. Oak Nobody Oak in the back Nobody court. hit a shot while he wasn't on the court. I mean, LeBron, LeBron was – this, this is a stat I saw before game six. LeBron had took 48% of the shots, and he scored 45% of the points right. for Cleveland. That's before game six. Who'd you, who'd you want to, to – I mean, J.R. Smith, he couldn't dial him up. He, he was nowhere to be found. Nope. Yeah, he's checked out. Yeah. Right, but it, that's my point. Great players make the people around them better. Yeah, come on. But, I mean, the, when the people they do, are, you know, huh? well, he did make Tristan Thompson. I, uh, he made oh, Mozgov. He made Tristan Thompson. He made Ma- very high. He made oh. Della Vadova. <laughs> Della Vadova. He yeah. made Mozgov look like but you know, Wilt Chamberlain there for a minute. Della Vadova made that one game appearance, and then he disappeared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But having J.R. Smith is like a, a plus minus. It's like a double minus. On <laughs> well, you were yeah. talking about maybe J.R. Smith becoming more consistent last week. They what happened? They can't bring J.R. Smith. He happen. was very consistent. He's opting Consistently out of his contract. Bad. Did you hear that? How yeah, he's done. That? He's opting out. Yeah, he's opting You're out. You're kidding me. But who's going to pick got cool Who's going to pick him up? Who is going to sign J.R. Smith? Exactly. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> He's being advised by someone. Yeah, though. somebody is. Oh. I hope his knee is in good shape. Yeah, is, uh, is Isaiah Thomas general Rainy. managing anywhere? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid <laughs> to say the New York Liberty have him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do they? Do they? Yeah. Is that in the WNBA? Yes, yes it is. Crazy. That's yes, even is. more scary. That's funny. We Just talk about that almost every week here now. <laughs> yeah, maybe J.R. Smith will pull a, uh, a Caitlyn Jenner and, uh, and suit up for the league. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. My mind. You read my mind. <laughs> Only in oh, J.R. Smith. Jane wow. Smith. Jane Smith. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do, man. That's I, wild. I, 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 I mean, how could LeBron James not have been given the MVP of of, of, of those finals? I mean, <laughs> very easily. Forty percent field goal percentage. Uh, yeah, but he had to take that many shots. He was still. He, I think he averaged a triple double. He averaged a triple double. No, he double. didn't. Oh, he very didn't. close. He to was it. close to it. Very yeah. close to it. Close. We talked about this last week. It was very impressive for a guy with that team to average almost nine assists. But, but you have to realize it this way too that. They weren't playing a very team brand of basketball all season, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just more like a couple of guys playing one on one and kick out to J.R. Smith all year, and it was working. Oh, well, for a while, working when for a everybody while. else 
sucked. But when the injuries injuries came up, that's it stopped working. It was f- fun the finals for the first three games, right? You know, and then I mean, right? Cleveland was winning two two to one, two games to one. Yes, yes, know? it yeah. was fun. It was exciting. It was exciting and then, basketball. Yeah. And then LeBron Golden really State just like trashed them. Well, <laughs> well, talent will always outdo. And LeBron, I think it, it's I think, not talent. It was coaching. I they think, took bitch. Andre oh, Iguodala. Oh, they just blew their energy. They had, they were done after game three. I, I agree. And, but also, they took Iggy off the bench and he stifled by, LeBron. By, by game five, LeBron. Knew that Igadala did play amazing defense on he LeBron did. James. Okay, last year, Kawhi Leonard was but the he's MVP. Still got a triple double. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard was the MVP last year, and his team, for every hundred possessions that he was on the floor, scored thirty-two more points in the Miami Heat. Mm. All right, which is an insane number. Andrea Igadala had the highest number this year. It was one hundred and seventeen points for his team and a hundred given up. 17-point spread. Mm. And he was by far and away the highest, you know, plus player. LeBron was – he kept the Cavs even, 104 and 104 for every 100, you know, possessions. That's amazing. The Cavs mm. literally played dead even with LeBron on the floor. And without LeBron, mm. nothing. You're <laughs> going to tell me that Iguodala played better basketball than LeBron James, though, like throughout the course of that series? Uh, he's got the ring, I'm so I'm gonna say he better, better or worse. But I think he's got say, the hardware. Yeah, but when you say MVP, it's most valuable player. He was the most valuable player to his team in that championship but run. Not yeah, to, I would say not as I mean, valuable as LeBron was. But they to his lo- team. But my whole it's thing it, is they lost. It, it, losers can s- losers can win the MVP. Yeah, Look, they can. It, but they can, I don't. I don't. It's it's yeah, it's, it's happened three happened. times, but I don't think it should happen. It happened three times. I'm telling you, in the new NBA where statistics matter. I mean, a guy, listen, man, anybody could go out there and shoot 40%. And if right. you give them 40 shots, they're going to put up gaudy numbers. You let me shoot the ball 60 times, I'll make 40%. Right. More. I mean, listen, he grabbed a lot of rebounds. Times and rebounds, though. He grabbed a lot of rebounds, sure. But, again, he th- there's nobody else to do it. Right. They took Mozgov out, you know. Right. I mean. Iguodala didn't start a single game the whole season. And came in nope. in game three. And you know what? That's why I was kind and of he's okay the MVP with of the, the MVP, to be honest with you, because I like it when when they're going to give it to a guy that, that actually you got to think a little bit, you know, sure. you got to peel the onion back and, and see really who really deserved it. Yeah. You know that guy made team, you know, ultimate team sacrifice. He was a, an all star on Philly just a few years ago. Yeah, sure, that's right. And def- a defensive role. first. Now wait a second. Not not MVP only the ultimate sacrifice, first. but but he he became a bench player, and he had a rookie head coach. Come in and assign exactly. him to that. Yeah. And I did not love that. I did not tip your cap to that. Right. An MVP type performance. First rookie coach to win Just the finals. Not since, as uh, good as our LeBron did. I hear you. If Whoa. it went seven, maybe I could see the argument better. At six games, you know, you mustered two wins. It's hard to give it to a losing. Do you game. think LeBron would have came out and took the trophy in in front of his home crowd, even though they, like, he was pissed? <laughs> that would have been that would have been actually really funny too. Awkward. That would have been <laughs> awkward. Would, and then to be interviewed yeah. by D Wade afterwards. Probably. That would have been, that would have been even better. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm disappointed that oh, LeBron didn't get D-Wade, the MVP that's a good trophy. Segue right there. What? Your boy D Wade. Where is he going? Lakers or Cleveland? He's going year? to leverage. <laughs> he's going to leverage land. Yeah, he's the Los Angeles yeah. leverage. Don't get excited, Laker fans. Lakers. That is the funniest thing ever. Oh, uh, that's Kobe what you said and Le- about LeBron James last year. Yeah, Kobe and Wade. Uh, <laughs> it sounds not? like watch it happen. Yeah. Okay. You They're gonna get so? Kobe and Wade. Sure. Yep. Kobe and Wade. Kobe and Wade. 
Wade. One year, twenty million. I'll put some more. I'll put some nah. mortgage. I'll put the mortgage payment on this one. There, drastic. Uh, that's not going to happen. I'll have my lawyer write it up and send it in. That's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's just like, do these journalists really have nothing better to write about? Exactly. That's I mean, I seriously. No, D Wade's not going anywhere. I mean, if he if he did, he he you know the whole concept of Heat Lifer, the whole concept of down Wade count, it's gone. And his life, forget that, man. Yeah, I mean, no, no, just no. the practical terms of he knows he's they, set for life. He right. could not get the he could not make as much money with them next year as he could here next year. Period. Even if they paid him the max, I mean, one year twenty mil, dude. I'm telling you. Nah, it's, he wants to play more than a year, so that that in itself it's it's not about a year. Sense. It's just yeah. you know, there's a huge, huge the personal income tax out in California. It's, you too. know, it's all right. When I wrote that article, like every Miami Heat fan should root for LeBron in the NBA, and it was again, it was only until like what I saw him do in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks when I got that sort of thesis. That's when I was like, okay, I'm rooting for this guy. Like I, I, I remember what he did. He's that good, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, you know, all the troll, and I got trolled, and because I, I got balls. Like, I went and targeted, like, Heat Nation, like, Miami Heat Fanatics. I just threw, that's where I, who I promoted my article to. And they were nailing me with, like, you know, in the comment section, just, like, pictures of D-Wade and Wade County and Wade and Bosch and, what was it, loyalty over royalty, like, comments like that. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, like, are you watching the finals? D-Wade is interviewing LeBron James. He's rooting for LeBron James, probably. And he's sitting there teasing, you know, for money, for leverage, you know, that he might go elsewhere. And everyone's like, you know, like, uh, oh, loyalty over royalty. I'm like, really? I mean, I'm not saying that Wade could not go somewhere else, but I'm just saying that somewhere else could not possibly be the Lakers. It could not possibly be the Lakers. If if Wade goes to the Lakers, you give me your Lakers heat tickets for next year. And if not, I'll give you the... uh, the StubHub face value on him. There. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> You're on, buddy. Yeah, you'll right, be done. you'll be watching Jeremy Lin. And then I'll get to sell it back to you for five times the amount so you can see your boy Wade come back. <laughs> uh, you're going to be watching Jeremy Lin yeah. pass the ball to uh, to Kobe. <laughs> Yeah, Kobe's going to take some really sweet jump shots, but maybe they, like 18 or 20. They, there might be somebody else out there, though. It's Jaleel Okafor, folks. Really? Yeah, number two pick. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, it could be. Uh, people are saying Towns or Jaleel, right? Probably going like, to be Jaleel, Kobe, and Wade next year. The big three. Ja- go, Jaleel's like 16 up. years old or something, right? <laughs> he's, he's not going to be. He's that. just upset that the Knicks didn't suck more for Okafor. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? <laughs> I also trade the pick. There's, there's buzzings going around. Maybe Eric Bledsoe and like the and their first round pick for. Number four overall, which I think I would do in a heartbeat, actually. Where is where is Bledsoe? Right, he's he's not with Phoenix. Phoenix. I thought he left Phoenix when the, I think they did. They get rid of Phoenix. No, yeah. he's in Phoenix. He landed in Phoenix. I thought they got rid of him yeah. with Drogic. No, no, they, they kept Bledsoe? they kept Bledsoe. They okay. got rid of Th- Isaiah Thomas and Drogic. Okay, so it make perfect sense that they're going to get rid of Bledsoe too. They had three <laughs> all world point guards, and now they're going to have none. Typical Phoenix. Thirteenth overall pick. Starting over. As long as we keep the dragon. As long as we keep the dragon. You know, some franchises are are just Orwellian. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm really? saying? <laughs> like, like Orwell's. You know, war is peace. Uh, they're they're like rebuilding his championship. Let's rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> rebuilding is the path to a championship. Yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> Philly. Oh, Philly, yeah. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, Sacramento's usually rebuilding. Always. 
They've been Who, rebuilding for the last 15 years. <laughs> the Bucks pulled out of rebuilding mode. I'm, uh, they're I'm proud be, to report. They're, they're, I, think, they're I, think ever since, I think ever since Chris Webber left, they've been rebuilding. <laughs> Who's that? The, the Kings. S- Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rebuilding, literally, they're building a probably taxpayer-financed arena now just to keep the team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what about so, heat in the draft? What are you guys feeling here? What's the buzz on the street? Uh, buzz on the street is next week. We're going to have Sergio Fernandez on the show ah, to discuss hot, the draft hot. afterwards. I'll tell you what. We're going to take a real short break, and we'll be right back and talking the draft. This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiamishow.com. We're back live with the drastic fanatic, J.J. Colagrande, and Dr. B in the booth. So let's talk about this draft that's upcoming. The Heat have a pick. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Number ten overall, dolphin style. No, <laughs> dolphin style. 
<laughs> That's right. The Dolphins love that number nine, number ten pick, right? Yep. Too bad that he can't take some random tight end out of Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they could only draft like the best offensive tackle available, it'd be an easy pick, huh? Yep. So I don't know. I mean, do you guys really want to spend the money on Dwayne Wade? Honestly, let's not look not hard. Now let's not talk hard here. Let's talk mind. Absolutely, talk. absolutely. If for like twelve million. 15 no, million. no. He's look. He was no. on on track to get fifteen. Sixteen point sixteen. See, yeah. here's the thing. It's he not opted about out though, didn't he? It's not, not about yet. the money. It's about the cap space. That could hinder your ability to re-sign Hassan and Drogic, right? I yeah, mean, but they're already saying today that they were going to maybe put um, Chalmers and um, Birdman on the, on the block. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't read, hear that. I, I read that earlier well, today. Yeah. Bird free, huh? Yeah. That'll well, free up some money. I mean, the Bird has a one-year $5 million expiring contract, and he's still a player. Mm-hmm. And Mario you Chalmers really it, is Mario Chalmers is still on the, under contract. I, I thought he had a one-year deal for some reason. I thought they re- didn't they give him an extension or something after last year? I thought he got extended before last year, but just for a year. I didn't know it was a two-year deal. Oh yeah, yeah, he is getting a two-year deal. I mean, the the whole thing is that they don't want to have a luxury tax going into the following season because then right. it's like if you get the luxury tax, what is it, four out of every five years? Then like in the fifth year, oh, yeah, you, you get right. It, it gets bigger and bigger. You get pounded. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the thing is also that we own the bird rights to. Dragic, the Miami Heat own Dragic's bird rights through the trade, mm-hmm. so they can go over the cap to sign Wade. They can go over the cap to sign Dragic, but then Hassan Whiteside has to fit inside the cap next year to resign mm-hmm. him. To resign him, right? Right. So, do you think that he... original question? Do you want Dwayne Wade? Yeah, for he, this but, year. For but this maybe year. on a declining salary schedule going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh-huh. not going to be—he's not going to be playing thirty-two minutes a game. Give him fifteen million this year, and then four-year, forty million-dollar contract. And no, they've got to give him the max this year. Yeah, they oh. got to. And then maybe a little less next year, and then the following year, like a lot less or something. Well, let me ask you a question: How many more years do you think Pat Riley has left? Do you think he wants to play this game with a deteriorating Dwayne Wade? This is the end of the game. But this is this is Dwayne's last opportunity to get a multi-year deal that goes past two years, so I think that's why he wants the bigger deal. Even if they give him four years, and it's just the last couple of years are mellower on the cap, you know, like Shaq did that kind of deal. Remember the five-year, hundred million dollar deal? Shaq was making more money, and opted into that five-year, hundred million dollar contract that that ended his career, or that he. Ended his career playing on. <laughs> I should rather say. I don't know. <laughs> Things are changing though. I mean, the morning and his career as he. Yes, he did. Yeah, but not until he made a detour with the uh, Nets Charlotte. and Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Right. Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> I'm just saying, Dwayne Wade might follow the same merry-go-round. Yeah, but they, he, I, he he could, man. He could, and Tim Hardaway did the same thing. Remember, yeah. Tim went over to the Mavericks. No, yeah, that's right. That's that was embarrassing for Tim, though. Dwayne is in much better shape than than Hardaway was at that that time. He averaged twenty one points last year, man. Twenty one a game. Yeah, he was eleventh in the NBA. He played in seventy five percent of the games. He played. So he's still. Um, yeah, he's oh, he's he got, got a lot left in the tank. But I think. Tank, yeah. See, that's the thing. I think Dwayne Wade needs to take Iggy's lesson and be the the sixth man. He'd be a no, badass sixth man. Not yet. We need. We, we need. Not yet. Really. We, give us a year of of Wade Bosch. Hassan, the dra- uh, the dragon, yeah, and who am I, I missing? Yeah, but you see, that's my whole point. Dang. 
That list of guys that you just read off, I, I can, if I you can had a dynamic def- wing defender starting and attacking the other team's dynamic wing players on defense and then turning Dwayne Wade loose when they substitute, oh, come on, man. Look at the Spurs. Manu mm. Ginobili has been their sixth man forever. And it's been working. And it's been working. Yeah, but he's no Dwayne Wade. He also Wade. has other players around him. Dwayne Wade needs to be the top dog on this team, though. Or top two or three, two or three dog for sure. Well, that's ego talking. I hope that that's not what he bases his final decision on. I mean, Dwayne Wade's always been a team player. That's why the Heat have won championships yep. by creating good teams. Um, and and speaking of draft picks and guys that maybe could have that kind of youthful energy, uh, I read this report in HotHotHoops.com. We're going to have Surya Fernandez on next week from Hot Hot Hoops. Uh, Stanley Johnson reportedly won't work out for Charlotte. Wants either Miami or Detroit. Stanley Johnson is a six foot seven, athletic wingman from Arizona, and uh, he would be a very interesting pick. There's a few guys whose names have been bandied about for the Heat, and I wanted yeah. to kind of go over all of them. It's not who the player wants to go to. <laughs> it's where uh, where he gets drafted. Well, these days, mm. yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. I yeah. mean. Come on, man. Eli Manning went to the, the Giants. That's right. <laughs> I'm reading here a Bleacher Report talking Sam Decker from Wisconsin, the small forward. Yeah, Sam Decker. Let me see. I'll look him up here. And uh, Kelly Oubre was mentioned quite a bit, but he doesn't seem to be mentioned quite as much anymore. Um, although they're saying the Thunder might draft him. Uh, Sonic's Rising thinks that. That's kind of funny, Sonic's Rising. <laughs> yeah, he's another six foot seven swing man, um, and then let's see, Sam uh, Sam Decker. He looks a little like Keith Van Horn. Oh uh, yeah, he's a six foot seven Keith Van Horn. But he played for uh, for Wisconsin, national champions, right? Yep. Wait, when is the draft? Just to Thursday. the draft is this Thursday it's this night. Thursday. This Thursday, that's right. Okay, so then free agency starts next next week, or no? Uh, free agency always begins on July 1st. July 1st. Just in time for us to launch only in Miami.co. Did I mention we're doing that on July 1st, too? <laughs> so it'll be exciting. Free agency and a new website that is Wednesday, July 1st, or Tuesday night, actually, June 30th, if you want to just flip on ESPN and find out what's going on <laughs> up to the minute. Because it's going to get really exciting. That lasts like four hours before they start. Um I've I've been at Bonnaroo, so I'm still coming coming. I'm still going through my delirium tremens of coming back into society after being on the farm for five days. So I don't even know, you know, when when the draft is, when free agency starts. Oh but yeah. yeah, it's soon. It's showtime, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at free agents more than the draft. Oh wait a second, I I misspoke here. It is going to be. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's Wednesday, <laughs> July first. Okay, I'm sorry. I was looking at June for some reason. Gosh. We got Lamarcus Aldridge out there. He's going somewhere. I bet. Uh, well, Born Ready already changed teams. Born Ready, Lance Stevenson. Yes, yeah. Sir Lance Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, JJ, Clippers, what's your take huh? on Lance Stevenson? If you think LeBron should be a hero, what about Lance? He's a bum. What was I saw something in pop culture where was it a movie or pre, pre, preview for when somebody was blowing in LeBron's ear? Like, was it Kevin Hart? Was, was that? What yeah, that was? yeah. What was that from? Like, where was that? In a, was that in a movie or was that? No, that's what Born Ready was doing on the court. No, no, no. But you know, yeah, 
That was art imitating life, not life imitating yeah, art. Right. <laughs> you don't know what I'm, no, 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 no. It was, it was, because uh, you know how LeBron's going to Hollywood now? He's got like a movie coming out. Yeah, with, yeah, um, yeah, with Bill Hader, right? Yeah, with Bill Hader. And I, I, I want to say it's from that movie that someone was blowing in LeBron's ear, like, like mocking him to try to, anyway, whatever. Yeah, Lance, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, he, that's my whole point. That is art imitating life right there. Right. And Lance was blowing in his ear, and that was. Oh, that was actually that was. Oh, all right. That was actually Lance in LeBron's in last LeBron's season. Yeah, last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah, it spurred all those memes. Now he's with the Clippers. Um, who else is going to move? Anybody else that's wow. going to move on draft day? Because draft day is always a big trade day for the NBA. It could be. Like I said, I hope Eric Bledsoe comes to the Knicks. To the Knicks. That's what I'm saying. That's what the buzz is. Bledsoe in the 13 for the four overall. Oh, that's pretty interesting. That could happen. I would do it. Because after three, the top three, it's like hodgepodge, you know? Who knows? So, <laughs> okay, but... any lock at, at the fourth pick. They say, oh, I got yeah, to stick in for that fourth pick. Unless something happens and one of the big guys drop. But then you got to figure, why did they drop? So, I would, I would make a deal. I would trade out of the fourth slot if I were the next. Yeah, but at the fourth slot, you get a chance at one of the tall t- timbers. Like you can always get like a quality big guy. Top three though, that's what I'm saying. So you don't think Frank Kaminsky is a good pick at four? Frank Kaminsky can go 14, as far as I'm concerned. You don't like I think him? You can get him at 13. You don't like him? <laughs> I do, but I think he could drop to 13 very easily. That's what they say he's going to be at around 13. But I like uh, him. There you go. I, I like the four, man. get Bledsoe and Kaminsky, and it's a wrap. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm reading the sporting news here, and it's reported by. Uh, Sean Devaney, that the Knicks are mulling Kaminsky even at number four. Yeah, he was the player saying, of the year. Such a wide range of what they could reach for that he was a they could take it for. They could probably get something similar at 13 or 14 or whatever, so I'd trade down. He's a wildcat killer. He is. I mean, <laughs> it didn't work out so bad for those guys. That's right. Um, you know. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I I don't know, man. The Knicks they they have a clouded future, as we all know. I mean, I, you know, I I I just feel like there's there are no game changing players in, in the draft this year. There's no like Anthony Davis type of you know player that's just going to immediately come into the league. And, and 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 if you look at last year's draft, which was touted as such a highly right one of the best drafts and like so deep and right like top the first top ten players drafted last year were like knocked out for the year or something like that, right? Were they? Yeah, yeah. Not all of them. Most yeah. of them. Like, like most Andrew Wiggins tore it up. Wiggins. I mean, he was the number one overall pick. I don't know. I just feel like there's a good group of wings. This year is very wing heavy, and that's good for the Heat because that's what the Heat needed. Nice defensive. small forward, power forward. The small forward, small sw- forward. a shooting guard, yeah. three-point shooter, defender, especially defender. I mean, let's face it, man. That was the one thing we were complaining about LeBron doing all season, which was not defending his position. Remember? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He he was um, if he had a, if he had some help defending this year, he may have a have a trophy sitting at home on the mantelpiece, man. It kind of makes you wonder if they didn't pull the trigger on that Kevin Love trophy, what of what might have happened? Yeah, you know? yeah. Wiggins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he won the Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Uh, he played a position other than LeBron, which would have probably, probably made him. Probably would have traded for J.R. Smith if they had him. Mm-hmm. You think? I don't know. I they, they probably still would have. I think they still would have shipped off some of those guys. They, they had to blow up that roster. That was an ugly roster at the beginning of the season. 
ugly roster. Yeah, the Cleveland makes. I mean, they make some good change. They make some good switches up. But I think Varejao hurt him when he got hurt. Sure. That but hurt but him. who expected Varejao to play the whole season? The man has an injury history. True, but you know he's a good player. I like him. You know, yeah, yeah. When he's healthy, he's good. You know. Of course he is, but yeah. I mean he's in his low. He's in the wrong part of his thirties too. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's on the other side. True. Yeah, no, he's on the other side, man. He's he's not the guy that LeBron came in the league with. I, I wouldn't be. Would you be surprised if Kevin Love leaves? I I, I think be. he's going to be a Laker. I think he's. You think he's going to be a Laker? I think oh, so. I could see that happening. Wade, yeah. Love and Wade Love and Kobe <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the big man. There you go. That now sounds like a, the Lake shows back. In that business. sounds like a rock a rock band from the sixties, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wade Love and Kobe. Wade Love. Wade Love and Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Throw in like a Draymond Green or something. Yeah. <laughs> Way love Kobe and Green. In green. <laughs> Keeping it clean. This is 1963. <laughs> oh, geez. Don't get too ahead of yourself there. I, I think they'll I, get would, love. Would you though. pay Draymond Green the maximum contract, which is what he's going to want if you're Golden State? Like he you, had, he had a triple double. In the last game of the finals, and it wasn't a triple double with blocks, but rather with assists. I, you know, I play fantasy basketball, and, and this guy is very inconsistent and has been throughout the season in terms of like you know statistic wise. And he's a good defensive player, but then sometimes he just does not have any offense. Sometimes he's hot or cold. You know, I've followed Golden State like really closely this year. And I wouldn't give him the maximum contract. I'm sure somebody would, but you know who's the you know who's the top three most highest paid players on. On the Golden State Warriors this year that just finished, Can bring it up. Bogut yes, Lee and somebody, right? Yeah, a Bogut makes more money uh, than yeah. Uh, David David Lee, number, number David Lee got a huge contract. Number two, uh, is that uh, thing over? Is he done? Is he a free agent? David Lee, or is he on for one more year? I'm not sure. I think Iguodala is the third one. By to make my point. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Curry should be Thompson. Thompson, you know, didn't do shit. In the playoffs, can I say that? I'm sorry. Clay Thompson did uh, quite <laughs> a few really. things in the playoffs. <laughs> That's okay. Everybody out there in Radio Land's going to be like, Thompson didn't do. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, David Lee has one more year left at fifteen point five million dollars. Wow. Not uh, he yeah. scrapped it up. He won punt one called upon. He's just the worst defender in the history of big men ever. <laughs> Wait, he plays defense. What was it? What no. did he average this year? Like two, two, two points. <laughs> Are you looking nah, at the stats? Defensively, he's abysmal. He's literally the worst big man I've ever seen play defense. Yeah, well, you know what? He and Kevin Love have very similar uh, games and styles. They're the all offensive rebound, right? Well, David Lee, I haven't seen hit a three anytime recently, but something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the big guy Bogut is a free agent. Uh, he made $14 million, uh this yeah, year. Mm. Another one overall. Well, you know, he got them through that long, long NBA season, even if it didn't work during he's the finals. Hurt too, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, but he hurt himself in spectacular fashion. I mean, come on, man. I think we all saw that clip. The it, did, did you see that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, okay, game? maybe nobody saw I it. it. I'm yeah. the only one. Which game was it? Terrible, man. Bogut uh, slam dunked, hung on the rim, and then lost his grip and fell straight down on his back oh. from 10 feet up. Just wham. Wow. 
Ouch. He fell down under, huh? Down under. Mm. It just he just got messed up. So what was his injury? His back? Uh his back, his he had ankle problems, he had shoulder a shoulder injury from that. Wow. It was just it was brutal. That's when they traded for him. He was injured. Are you sure he's a free agent this year? Yes, he's a free agent. I'm looking at his contract okay. on Sport Track. That's uh, S-P-O-R-T-R-A-C dot com. It's a wonder that Curry wasn't hurt. Remember that game? Yeah, it's Steph. He landed on his head. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. Well, you know, Steph Curry had injury problems when he entered the league, too. He had bad ankles, remember? Very yeah. bad ankles, yep. They don't, look, ankles, they they don't look too bad now, do they? Not so bad. <laughs> it looks like they work fine to me. <laughs> Walking on daggers. <laughs> you guys want to touch on your Miami Marlins for a minute before we got to take off here? Or? Let's do it, man. They're on a run. What run is that? They're winning. Mm, I don't know about winning. They're 500 in their last 10. I see that. but That is winning for Marlins team. <laughs> they lost a, t- a toughie yesterday to the Reds. Yeah. Series. Oh, true. Yeah, that was a tough game. At least they're not in last place in the NL East. Well, no, the the Phillies are just abysmal at this point. They just getting their brain their brains bashed in every night right now. Yeah, that's that's ugly, man. There's six games behind the Marlins. And wow. it's only you guys see Scherzer the other day. You believe that they took away that perfect game from him? You saw that one? What do you no, think? I didn't see what do you that. think about that move, drastic? What do you think? You think he purposely let himself get hit? Oh, uh, as the ump, you can't give him first base right there. So, Grant, you know what happened? Two outs, two strikes, yeah. perfect game. Perfect game on the line. Inside pitch, Jose Tabata in Pittsburgh just stands there and watched the ball hit him in the shoulder. Made zero effort to move out of the way. Click. Zero. Wow. Took it on the elbow. They gave him first base and no hitter. So, that I mean, was l- l- that was right up there with the Galarraga play on Detroit. So, let's talk about the Marlins, though. I mean, they, they've traded managers. They went from Mike Redmond to Dan Jennings. And, uh, I mean, the team's playing better, right? Jose is coming back on July 2nd. But it was that was probably bound to happen anyway, you know? Yeah, a probability. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. A couple more that was bound to happen. Managing at all. No. I think I the, the players, if anything, are they lost interest there for a while after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Stanton is still killing it. D. Gordon's hitting 360. Echevarria has is hitting over 300. Uh, even the Christian Yelich, they moved him around in the batting order, and he's hitting 223 now, which he was kind of tanking at the beginning of the season. Mm. You know, hitting like 175 or something. He wasn't hitting his weight. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 11 games. They're 11 games below 500. Do you think they can make a run and get a, a wild card? They're going to be buyers at sellers during the trading deadline. That's going to be. We'll see where they are. Come that. Well, I mean, you got to think. It, be, maybe you know you got your pitcher coming back, Jose. So. Yeah, maybe that'll spark something. Yeah. Maybe they do try to make a little move here or there to try to tweak it up a little bit. Well, who is the closer now? That's the bigger question. Sishak kind of flamed out this year. No, he's yeah. Sishak is in the back in the. He's back at the farm. Oh, he's back. He's at the farm. Huh? No, I mean I'm reading that uh, Ramos back. is is oh. our closer now. Oh. AJ Ramos. Isn't that a problem when you don't even know who your closer is, right? <laughs> it is a problem, a big problem. Right. I mean, you know that that is a big question. There's another guy that uh, oh man, 
I have to get his name out there. Incredible, like 100-mile-per-hour fastball pitcher. Uh, Caps? Yeah, Carter Caps. Oh, man. You ever see that guy pitch? Yeah, and I'm talking about him for A.J. Ramos, right? I mean, at least we got options. <laughs> yeah. I mean, You got to be winning, though, to have a closer. Well, you got to have a closer to win. <laughs> got a close to win. There you go. Got a close to win. <laughs> uh, the glass is half full over there, isn't it? Well, Caps has had uh, 14 appearances, 16 innings, and let me see. Where's his strikeouts? Oh, gosh. Strikeouts. 30. 30 strikeouts and 16 innings. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. He's averaging 16.9 strikeouts per nine innings. <laughs> what about ERA? 1.1. Uh, 1. 1. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they, they got a little home stretch coming He's up. The new white side. <laughs> shorter white side. Much, right. much shorter. But yeah, I mean his ERA was uh was four last year. So I mean, you know, that's that's a big improvement to go from four to one. <laughs> Come on. Huge improvement. That's I like suppose. a yeah, it could be a white side, but maybe he'll get the award. Anyway, looking uh, at the Marlins schedule coming up, though, it looks like a nice time to go to a game. You know, you got the Cardinals coming in town, the Dodgers, then the Giants. And uh, that is all the time we have for this week. But, JJ, I want to thank you for coming on to the program. Next week at Monday night at 8 o'clock, we'll have Surya Fernandez from Hot Hot Hoops. This is the only in Miami show.